Bonjour et bienvenue. You are listening to You Are So French, Success Stories à la Française. The podcast talking about success stories of French people in Australia. I am Aurélie, I'm from France and I've been living in Melbourne for many years. Since my beginnings down under, I've always been passionate about hearing the stories of my fellow French who found their place, their mission or their purpose so far away from their homeland. I always have so many questions to ask them. Did they have a dream when they moved to Australia? Or did their aspiration develop with their life here? And really, how did they make it happen? Our guest will share what it means to undertake a project out of their comfort zone, the cultural differences they faced, and how being French in Australia has been a bonus, or perhaps sometimes a challenge, in their endeavors. I invite you to follow inspiring journeys into different fields, entrepreneurship, personal development, relationship, or career, to name only a few. While everyone has its own definition of success and ways to reach it, courage, determination, confidence, and intuition seem to always be part of the recipe. The achievement of something positive. This is what success stories mean here and what we will discuss, with passion, honesty, and of course, a bit of an accent, in three words, à la française. In today's episode, I'm meeting with Pauline, who has been wearing many hats since her debut in Australia. Pauline is a great example of how to create opportunities for yourself and how every stage of your life is a chance to explore new territories. In Pauline's case, It goes from art to French pastry to skincare and woman health. An inspiring conversation with a lot of passion and love. We recorded this conversation between Melbourne and Turkey. I respectfully acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians of these lands, the Wurundjeri people and the Wadawurrung people of the Kuling Nation. I also pay my respect to their elders, past, present and emerging. Bonjour Pauline. Salut Aurélie Thank you for being part of You Are So French. You are my third guest. I'm really happy to welcome you today because in this conversation, there will be something for everyone, for sure. You've been doing and still are doing many different things. So this podcast might go in many different directions, which is good, but I won't be teasing more and I will let you start by telling us who you are, where you're from, where do you live and how did you start your Australian journey La, 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 la. That's a lot to start with. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you for your great uh, initiative with this podcast. It's uh, really awesome to showcase all these people doing amazing things away from their family, especially on this time of craziness. So yeah, I'm Pauline. I'm originally from Lyon. I am now in Turkey, Victoria, on the surf coast. Which sounds dreamy, but the reality is like a lot of rain and wind. I actually studied in um, Beaux-Arts, means fine arts. And then I did a lot and I wear a lot of different hats. A lot of people might know me from my previous business, Gavé, the French pastries, French recipes. But also a lot of people may know me because of my background in the arts, because I volunteered a lot in um, ACA. At different art galleries in Melbourne as well. And now I just got my new baby, Iggy, seven months. Because of that, I decided 
change direction again. It, it's what I was saying already. So many different topics, <laughs> which is great. But before you go on, I just want to understand why did you come to Australia? Uh, so I arrived in Australia in 2016. I came here because of a boy. <laughs> uh, I met my husband, which is unusual. I met him in France and we lived in France together in Bordeaux, where I, I studied the Beaux-Arts. And he could stay because he has a British passport. I applied for the de facto visa in France. So when I arrived, I already had the temporary residency. And why did you decide, both of you, to move to Australia? I finished my study. It was time for us to do something that we both choose. Like, he stayed in Bordeaux for me because I had this study going on. At first, we were, like, thinking moving back to London. Thinking about it was a bit ridiculous. The life there is so expensive. So we kept on looking we even like considered like going to Portugal because we wanted something a bit neutral to grow and to do things and Alistair got a job offer in Australia and in Turkey so is it so, the reason yeah. why you decided to settle in Turkey because I must say I'm curious to understand I find it uncommon probably most of us French people when we arrive in Australia Melbourne Sydney are the obvious choices but you chose Turkey and now I understand it wasn't maybe completely a choice you decided to stay there anyway and to and to build your life there in Turkey yeah as you said it was maybe not a choice <laughs> yeah just the opportunity for Alistair was there I followed it was really tough We used to live in cities and I grew up in suburb of Lyon. And after we lived in Bordeaux, I lived in London. So definitely a big change for me. Yeah, it was really tough. I won't lie. It took me probably until COVID hit to enjoy living here. You know, don't get me wrong. It's, of course, it's beautiful and everything. But I just finished my study in fine arts. So I was ready to find something in this field. And obviously, Tokyo, maybe it's not the primary choice for this kind of career try to have still one foot in the door volunteering in lots of different art organizations curate a few shows I wrote in art magazine called Un Magazine doing a lot of small jobs like cafes I also work at horse riding instructor so yeah I did it all and then you started your entrepreneur journey probably you were looking to create opportunities for yourself yeah 100% didn't have my driving license because you know in France it's I was just riding my bike everywhere. So I came here in Dunjak, in the middle of nowhere, no friends, no job. Nobody wanted to hire me because of my accent. The only like place I could hang was this cafe in Dunjak. And the pastries were terrible. So I had my book with me, my pastry book. And I just like started to make like small things like I would like to eat very quite fast, like Madeleine, Palais Breton. When we started to have some parties, Now we always bring my cakes and stuff. <laughs> so this is how it started. Like people after like told me, it's like, oh, you should sell it. So I was like, okay, why not? So I started with like small markets, like summer markets in this planet in Turkey. And eventually I did the Christmas market at Alliance Française in Melbourne. And then I realized the potential of the business. <laughs> was insane we were not ready for it so my husband helped me as well on the sales and then we decided to 
do it full time. I ditch all my little jobs and dig in. It's a lot of markets, events. And actually, COVID was really good for us because, especially in Melbourne, because everything was closed and people couldn't travel. So they could only go to the markets. And they were happy to um, buy local and support small business. So we had actually a very good year. I actually haven't said properly goodbye to Gavi. So this is the first time I'm, I'm going to say it out loud to the public. But yeah, Gavi is definitely finished for now. It's closing the chapter. The reason is because I fell pregnant and we realized it was not sustainable, like the, the work. I didn't have a shop which I could produce less and sell a bit more. So yeah, unfortunately, it was time to turn the page. And to jump on another project. Maybe just before we talk about this new venture, is there any key learning that you got from your experience at Gave that helped you moving to your new project and starting this new adventure? Everything, I would say. Building a brand from scratch and all the work I've been doing, I realized like what I didn't want to do anymore, which was I didn't want to produce that much quantity and have no shelf life. Try to find uh, a way to have more time. Also the expectation, I was more ready this time. I know exactly what I want from a business. This new ventures, I feel like there is more ground on it it's I take it way more seriously I'm I'm ready in my head I feel like before I was not mature enough maybe to understand like what is the business and what it means and I was you have to put in it so let's end the, yeah. the suspense tell us what it is about so the ventures the uh, ventures I love how you <laughs> insist on the final s So basically, when I was pregnant, I knew Gavi was not sustainable. So I was like, what can I do? Because I still wanted to own my business. So I didn't lose sight on that. Naturally, it came towards babies. So Pépin, the name is because it was the name of my son in the womb. And it means little seed. It goes with my training I'm just finishing. So I'm training as a doula. And I'm bringing my experience as a doula into paper, into the, into the brain to take care also uh, of the mom with a very gentle approach and knowledgeable approach. For example, like just how to massage a baby, how to massage a C-section. So very respectful project, really important to me. When I think about a business, that was like, okay, I'm French, but what can I do in Australia? So Gavi, the idea was I'm using my French recipes, but I'm going to use as much as possible like local ingredients and try to connect with the farmers like, or even the neighbor, like some neighbors like, oh, I've got lots of lemons. I imagine this new business as well, Pépin, the same way. I try to connect the dots, source as much as possible in Australia. I would love to get more native plants into the product eventually. For now, unfortunately, I don't have the knowledge. That's really important to me uh, as a business person, as an expat, Australia story. It's, it's really heartbreaking. Sometimes it's still tough to tell myself, like, what am I doing here? Like, I'm one of those 
people would just claim this land again. Yeah, I'm trying to navigate with that and like how to to bring my obviously my background, my culture, which is really important to me, but in a way it's very respectful of the land as well. And you are bringing things to the community because you just mentioned that you are training as a doula. If you could explain what is a doula and how with this role, definitely you have a, an important part in the community and the growing community. Uh, yeah, I hope so. <laughs> a doula, so it's a, a Greek word. Actually, if you look at the etymology, it can be a bit bad. It's kind of like the maiden. I will tell you the, my definition of a doula. So a doula follow you and support you from the pregnancy to the postpartum period. So you can have just a doula for your birth or only to prepare you and support you during your pregnancy. Or you can have a postpartum doula. Before, it was the grandma, it was the auntie, it was the, the neighbor. Women were supported. We forgot that. So because of the lack of support, many things arise. A doula is not medically trained. She's not a midwife. So she's not going to give you an exam or help you birth your baby. Of course, if there is an emergency, everyone's a, you know, everyone's a midwife. <laughs> Put your hands there. But doula will help you find the answers. A postpartum doula can be this person who cooks for you because you're exhausted. They, they can be the person carrying your baby while you're having a shower or do the housework. The person who tells you everything's fine. You're doing a great job. A bit like God fairy of the pregnancy period. <laughs> I like the idea of this like community, the grandma, the, the old lady helping, you know. It's really obvious how it's about the connection. And I know that you like to work specifically with French families, or you maybe give them the priority. As a French new mom and also a doula, what does it mean to have a baby and to grow their family far away from their homeland, far away from their relatives, sometimes without the network support. Pregnancy is a key change moment. Magical or no, desired or no, it's something who hits you as a woman. Like, it will change you. It's time sometimes to reevaluate things and it also puts everything in perspective. Being far away from your close one can be very painful at this time. Even you used to this distance, but suddenly you have this craving. This is what happened to me. I was really lucky to have my husband family, but still like, I don't know, I still feel like felt I needed more support because even if it's your in-law family or whoever it is, it's still not your mom. It's still not, you know, your sister, your whatever it is, you, you need this. You, it's something, it's so deep into us, you, right? This is when I realized the, the power of the support network. You know, all the time we can read this sentence like it takes a village. But what does that mean? You don't know that until you're pregnant and until you got the baby. It definitely takes a village. And this village can like look so many colors and forms and shapes but having a connection with your primary language and culture at this stage is 
very important. So this is when I realized like potentially, especially <laughs> in this time of COVID, there are like so many women like me away from the family, French or not, but just away and not being able to connect. Yeah, this is exactly why I, I started my journey as a doula. Me, I was lucky. I had, I find the support in my community. I had uh, a doula. I had a private midwife. I had all this support system. I have my husband, family. But still, I was still lacking this, you know, this, oh, I just want to talk in French. I just want to, someone know me. So what I did, I asked my friends, she's an obstetrician in France, and she was able to be the voice to light up everything for me. Even she will say maybe the same thing, but because it was in French and another tone, it just makes you feel better. I managed to do that. It would be just awesome if I can give back what I've learned, just give back to my community here. It doesn't have to be French. Any expat, anyone, even like someone who has his family in Queensland. Now I understand have you noticed some key differences with the way pregnancy, baby delivery, postnatal care is approached and managed in Australia? Ah, oh, yeah, there is a lot of difference. In France, we have this very like straightforward idea of what, what to expect for birth. Going to the clinic, going to have the epidural, and I'm going back to work after three months. But the reality here, it's very different. It's just politique again. My opinion is in France, women fought so hard to be able to, what we say, do it all. I hate this sentence, but women, they want to work. They want to feel like a woman and not just a mom at home. And we have this full politique ideology behind that. It's very progressist. I'm saying that because, again, I live in Turkey, right? I don't live in Melbourne. <laughs> but what I see from, from Turkey and what I've learned from here, women stay home. They're supposed to have this birth without any drugs. Again, this is one view. A lot of people take the epidural, uh, the gas and everything. But there is still this pressure about you have to do it this way. And again, with breastfeeding. In France, breastfeeding, good, but the bottle is great too. In Australia, women, when they've been asked the question, are you going to breastfeed? It's not even a question. It's already in the mentality. So if you end up having a hard time to breastfeed, or even if you don't want to breastfeed, unfortunately, you will have a lot of problems to find support to give the bottle. It's just a harsh reality. For me, that's the main thing. I can go on for a long time about like women's health in Australia. I think it's pretty bad. I don't say France is amazing, huh? don't get me wrong. But for me, being a woman in Australia, if you don't have the money, if you can't, if you can't see, see a naturopath, if you can't see all these people, good luck. Especially if you live in a rural area. In France, regardless, uh, things are moving towards the, a more like 
less medicalized ways. The doulas are coming up in, in France. You know, there is wrong and bad and good and in both. At least here, people are more open to having support, but without the support of the government. There is this amazing birthing place called the Birth House in Geelong. It's uh, directed by a private midwife. You can do home birth with them, or you can do you can rent the place, or you can even have the support of the midwife to go at the hospital. But they have to shut down the place. The home birth is still possible, but you can't give birth anymore at the, at the center because there is no not not enough staff. There is not enough private midwife because in Australia, it's so difficult to become a private midwife. Thank you, Pauline, for sharing your insight on this topic. You seem to be really passionate about caring for women, women health. I know that there is a link to yet another venture. What is next for you, Pauline? Next is simply helping as much as I can. I want to push the idea of uh, supporting women further. I don't know yet how, but still um, using my doula skills, uh, coaching direction, uh, even like women in business. I still got a billion of ideas. <laughs> yeah, I think we, we can be sure of that. So where can we find and follow you? You can find uh, me as a doula on Insta. So it's Paula Doula. And I've got the, a website, which is pretty terrible. So if anyone can help me, raise your hands so it's poladoula.com paper is coming up paper skincare on insta and uh, i'm going to open a shopify soon in a few words what is the most french about you and the most australian super french about me i will say my passion about good croissant very australian now i can go to the supermarket barefoot <laughs> that's a good one finally what's the taste of success for you i think it's simply do everything with passion and uh, a bit of candle test as well maybe yes of course always <laughs> <laughs> always thank always always thank you very much pauline merci thank you for listening to this episode I hope you enjoyed the conversation and felt inspired to write your own success story, whatever you want it to be. You can find all the references in the notes of the episode. I like hearing from you, so don't hesitate to share your feedback and suggest me new guests. You can find me on Instagram at youarsofrench.thepodcast or email me at youarsofrench.thepodcast at gmail.com. To finish, I would love it if you could help me make this podcast my success story by rating You Are So French, the podcast on your favorite streaming platform with stars, the more the better. You can also subscribe to never miss an episode and of course, tell your friends and family about it. Merci et à bientôt.